This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. excited to spend this time with you again and I just want to quickly say thank you to Apostle Thea and Dr. Bear for this opportunity of sharing on this very sensitive subject tonight. Can we just bow our heads for a moment if we can. Precious Father we just want to thank you Lord that we do have an opportunity tonight to just share on these things that are happening around us and thank you Lord that you lead us and guide us through these discussions Lord and we just believe for many many people tonight to find freedom Lord. Thank you, Father God, that you are with us, Lord. And I thank you every single word that is spoken and discussed today is by your leading, precious Holy Spirit. And we give you alone all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor for all that is achieved in and through us in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Well, family, tonight we really want to be discussing, as I said, this very sensitive subject of gender-based violence. And really, you know, it's this question about what, what is it? And who does it affect? And, and, and what can we actually do about it? How can we really help in this, this situation? And more than anything else, I think the question is this, is why is it so prevalent in our country? And tonight we, we do have a couple of guests with us and we're very excited about that. And I'm gonna introduce you to them in a moment. So I just want to, the reason they're here is just to help us answer these questions, but more than that, any questions that you may have, we're asking you if you would just go ahead and post those questions as we continue. And if we can't answer them all tonight, I'm excited to tell you that we're going to be opening up a Zoom meeting on, on Thursday night, and then we will continue our discussions then. So please go ahead and just send them through. So right now, I would like to welcome with me right here in the studio, Mara Glenn from Tears Foundation. Hello. Mara, so good to have you with us. I'm very excited to be here tonight. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. And then we also have, not with us, but on Zoom, we've got Charlene Robertson, and she really is the COO of Tears Foundation. And Charlene, I can see you, and it's great to have you with us tonight. It's fantastic to be with you guys. Thank you. So I really, Charlene, maybe while you're out there, you can maybe just tell us a little bit about the Tears Foundation. Could you do that? Absolutely, Pastor Jenny. So as Pastor said, I'm the Chief Operating Officer of, of the Foundation. And Tears Foundation is a non-profit organization that deals with rape, sexual abuse, domestic violence, child abuse, and that's nationally. So, Charlene, just give me a little bit more detail. I mean, what exactly do you do? I mean, that covers a, a whole lot of different areas. Legal assistance and counseling. You know what? My slogan is bringing hope and healing, and that's exactly what we do. 
I can understand that that must be quite a huge task because, you know, really the way that I see it, and I know really with, you know, spending a lot of time maybe with people as well, that, you know, we kind of have this this uh, uh, area that, what now I've lost the, my, my track, my thought track there. But, we, you know, we, we are, throughout our lives, there are things that influence us. So we really, we are formed by, by our parents, by the area that we live in, by our peers, by, by our siblings, society. All of those things have an effect on us. And a lot of these things go really, really deep. And I think, you know, when there are those kind of things to deal with, it is not an easy fix. So, so how would you deal with things that go as deep as that? Is that maybe a question for you, Mara? Um, no, I think Charlene can do it. Go ahead, Charlene. Gender-based violence is an umbrella terminology, if I can put it that way, and it comprises not only of rape and, and attempted rape, but also embraces sexual abuse, um, sexual exploitation, forced early marriages, domestic violence, um, rape within marriages, uh, trafficking, um, genital mutilation. Um, it's not just a physical violence, it's also... Um, emotional abuse so everything that that could cause harm to your health your safety and your well-being that is what gender-based violence is all about and when you come through our office we walk a journey with you and we identify different things um, on how to deal with each one of them because if you're a male you will go to a separate place to what a female would go to which would also, um, if you're a child, go to a different place. And also, again, in terms of your area where you live, it's very difficult for someone that's in Limpopo to come to Gauteng. So we find them services within their immediate vicinity. And we are very passionate to, to make sure that each one of them connect with their counsellor. You know, um, I don't want to send someone that is speaking Zulu to an Afrikaans person, and then they speak broken English to each other. You know, we firmly believe that you need to get the healing that you need in order to get better. So if you don't have the right counseling, you are not going to get better. And if you don't have the right person that does that counseling, it's going to take you so much longer. So Pastor Jenny, for us, it's very important that when a person comes through to our office, we ask all the nasty questions, you know, so that they don't have to be asked again and again and again. Because after the third time, when someone asks for help and they don't get the help they need, they stop asking. And we never want that to ever happen to anyone else. We want them to get the assistance that they need. If, if, if I send you to a counsellor and you don't connect with that counsellor, I'm going to find you another counsellor that you do connect with. Because that's important for me. The client is more important than someone's ability or inability to counsel. Let's ask you one more question, Charlene. Is this really something that kind of happens really across all walks of, of life, irrespective of, for example, socioeconomic status, religion, race, age, 
customer, whatever it might be, is we do say it happens across the board. Can you just cover those for me again? We had a little bit of a break in, in, in the transmission there. I just want to make sure that I understand it correctly. Um, would you say then gender-based violence, I mean, it's, it's kind of something that gets thrown around a lot. Is it something that's very clearly defined, or is it more like an umbrella? Now, I know you mentioned a whole lot of things there, and I'd like you just maybe to go through those again, just so we do fully understand what that's about. So. From what you've said, it's like an umbrella that covers a whole lot of different things. So would you just mention those again? Mention those again. So gender-based violence, um, the things that it covers is rape, attempted rape, sexual abuse, um, sexual exploitation, forced early marriages, domestic violence, rape within marriages, trafficking, and mutilation of genitalia. And those are just a few of them. So it is any form of abuse which includes physical, sexual, emotional, psychological, even spiritually and digital harassment, economic harassment as well. So your finances, any controlling behavior um, such as intimidation, harassment, stalking, you know, damaging of property, and entering the, a victim's home without permission. Any other abusive or controlling behavior where such conduct causes harm or may even cause harm to your health or your safety or your well-being. And part of the thing is that we are currently dealing with statistics that says one in four women are in abusive relationships. Every six days, a woman is murdered by her intimate partner. You know, every 25 seconds, a woman is raped in South Africa. We, as a country, defined and rocked by these statistics, and we need to stand together and take action against gender-based violence, against all of these gruesome acts of violence. I'm so grateful to you. Because I'm listening to Charlene and my heart is literally breaking inside just listening to what you're saying right now. So Mara, I want to just ask you the question. This is really your baby. You started it. And when I listen to this, I, I, as I said, I'm already breaking my heart. So just tell us a little bit about how this came about. Thank you for asking me today. I'd just like to start off by going back to that song. Where, God, where they sang, God is God of the mountains and the valleys. So I come here today as a survivor. I've been through many of those things Charlene spoke about. But you know, I do the best job in the world. And I guess that might surprise you that I'm sitting here with your pastor and smiling and looking happy. Because you know, I am happy because God put me through all those things. And he trained me to help other people. So Charlene and I share a common goal, and that's to help other women. So in answer to your question, I didn't choose to start it. I ended up in a situation where I was in such a bad abusive relationship that I was waterboarded. I nearly died, and I tried to commit suicide. When I came back from the hospital, so I'm here today to tell the truth as I see it. It's not the views of the church, it's my views. So when I came back from hospital, I remember saying to God, you know what, 
I've been a Christian for 20 years and look at all the stuff I've done for you. And why didn't you help me when I was in that bad place? There was silence. So I said, and I just take my name out of the book. I think I just want to carry on with my life without you because I needed you. And I heard a voice say to me, Ephesians 6.1, I said, God, I've just come back from hospital. I nearly died and you're giving me scriptures. I went to the Bible and he said, the scripture, if you look it up, says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be lengthened. And I knew what he was telling me because I had indeed honored my father in his bad days. And I knew that I was going to be well, whatever they'd said at the hospital, that I would have liver failure. I knew I was going to be fine. But I didn't know how hard it would be. I didn't know what journey I'd have to walk. And I didn't know what God had ahead for me, but I sure knew I wasn't going to die. So at that stage, I started looking out for what my ears were. And I read a lot in that time. I cried, I screamed, I resigned a number of times. I'm happy to tell you he didn't take my notice. He didn't let me resign, so I'm still a child of God. Um, but I, 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 in, that, in the time when you've been abused, my husband cheated on me, had an affair, tried to kill me. I called upon our pastor, as the Bible says you should, to help me, and he was also unknowing. When I went to report my abuse at the police station, they told me to come back another day. So literally every door was closed against me and I became really angry. I was so filled with rejection because people would say things to me like, well, you know, you're quite difficult. Well, they were true, I am, but you, you, you're quite difficult. And in the way they said it was kind of justifying my husband's action. And nothing can ever justify abuse, whether it's the list that Charlene spoke about or, or any other kind of unknown abuse. So I had to suffer from rejection. And I started to think about, well, what is rejection? How do you deal with rejection? And I did a lot of reading about David. And I started to really develop a, a, a relationship with the David of the Bible, of the Old Testament. I have a very vivid imagination. And I've always loved the Old Testament because somehow I can imagine Jonah in the whale's mouth or uh, Noah building the ark and all the people falling about laughing. So those things are easy for me. So the situation of David was pretty um, okay for me to understand. So I could imagine this little young teenager who's um, everyone laughed at him because he wasn't big enough to go to the front line. So for me, that's how I felt. Everybody was laughing at me. Um, I needed help. I had a big, strong husband in the army. And, you know, there I was. Who was I? Who, who was I to stand up against him? When I went to the pastor, he didn't help me. But, you know, I was able to get up again because I started to look inward. And those pleas and cries that I made to God that says, God, look at everything I did in your name. I had to repent and I had to learn that actually, do you know what, I, had to, I did those things because I felt they were the right things to do, not because I was trying to please God. And gee, that was jolly hard. So part of getting better is, is going deep into your heart and understanding why you've done things. I did them because I wanted to do them. 
I wanted to please God, but I didn't do them to gain something. And that was a very hard lesson for me to learn. So when you're suffering from rejection, part of it is, is to start to build yourself. And my first step was to be honest with myself. Can you imagine David standing there and he says, I'm going to fight Goliath. That was me. I was going to fight this big, strong general. I was going to fight all these people that didn't help me, that were laughing at me and telling me I shouldn't have married him in the first place. I deserved what I got. Or telling me they don't believe me. And I know that I'm talking to people out there because that happens to everybody. They think this, this street angel could never do that. So anyway, to carry on with David. So when he went to his brothers with the basket, as I did, I went to people and said, but over the years, you know, I've hidden it from you. You didn't see what he did. And they said, why did you hide it? We would have helped me. But actually, I knew they didn't know how to help me. I know that as people, we are absolutely not trained how to help in domestic violence or other situations. So what I started to do was, as I related to David, and I fought my own battle, um, I understood, can you imagine what he felt like standing there and all his brothers and all the people that, let me tell you, were lying on their backs, cowering every time Goliath shouted at them, and he was prepared to go out in the armor, and he put on the armor, and they laughed. And that's how I felt. They were laughing at me. They weren't understanding my heart and they weren't understanding my pain. And David said, I will never be able to walk in there. Take away the armor. I will go with my slingshot. And that's what I did. I will go with my voice. I will go with the truth. So I'm saying to anyone out there, I believe you if you tell me you've been abused and I want to help you. So the organization that I started was one that has that as its philosophy. I believe you. You don't have to prove to me. I believe you. I want to help you. And you know what? You can get better. It could be you sitting here with the pastor today telling your story. Because I couldn't have done this a few years ago. I'm doing this. I'm showing you my heart. Nobody tells you the story I'm telling you now. You can hear. I, I'm, I'm admitted before you that I rebelled and resigned from the kingdom. Now, I'm telling you, God took me back and he loves me as his child. But this message is about rape and abuse. I'm not, I'm not giving a, a preacher. I, I'm actually a person who serves you uh, all people, whether they're Christians or not, uh, in a secular way. But God loves you. So David said, no, I can't take the armor. And I said, you know what? I don't need all that stuff, someone to beat him up or whatever. I need to get on with my life. And David stood and he said, I will use what I've got. And that's what you have to do if you're a survivor. Do what I did. Learn what you're good at. And I sat down and I said, well, what am I good at? Well, I've got a master's degree in business. It didn't help me much uh, in that situation, but maybe I can use that to help other people. So I said, well, God, you'll have to tell me what to do. One morning I woke up and I said, right, the logo is a tear and the color is teal. And everybody said, but that's not a good color for abuse. But I went onto the computer and I looked up and I found out that it was actually a color that was used internationally. So I knew God had given me the plan. He'd given me the color. He'd given me the name. And then he gave me the vision that I would start a service to help women. I didn't have any money. People laughed. I can promise you. They said, Mara, another one of your harebrained schemes. It was another harebrained schemes, but it was a God scheme. So I started an organization where... 
the first thing was to, uh, to dial a number where you could get free help anywhere in the country, anytime. And that's what we do now. And then I needed an assistant and he blessed me with Charlene. So I've found that it has not been easy. I could tell you all my stories. I became a born-again Christian because my husband was a, a political prisoner. And then he tried to kill me. But I can tell you that I found my father murdered. I can tell you all those things. But you know, we live in the good news. I live a fantastic life. Can you imagine getting up every single morning of your life and knowing that today God had given you the privilege to help other people with their lives? Wow, I really pray for a long life that those words that God gave me, your days will be lengthened are true because I want to help so many people and I want to help you. I want you to phone us. I want you to mail in. It's not about numbers. I don't mind if I'm only speaking to one person today. I want you to call in because you are valuable. I never want you to feel like I felt that nobody cared. Honestly, I can say to you, I will call you, and I do care. And I want to really thank all of you for taking the time to listen to me and tell you that I, I'm really looking forward to coming next uh, Thursday and to talking to you. And I want to thank you, Pastor, for taking a chance on me because when you phone somebody, you don't know what they're going to do. And even up until this moment, she didn't know what I was going to do. And thank you for taking the chance. Well, you know, Mara, it's been, honestly, listening to you is just so, I mean, I could listen to you the whole night. It's just so fascinating. And I think, you know, there's so much that you said that, for me, just goes so deep. Because, you know, I think that it's just that pain is, is that massive physical abuse is one thing. But I think it goes so far deeper. Because, you know, it's your space that's violated, your dignity that's violated. It, I mean, it, it knocks you to the core. And, and quite honestly, changes your entire perspective of life. So there's so many layers that one has to deal with in a situation like this. So, so we're so grateful to you for telling your story, for being open, for just allowing us to, to be able to be a part of that. And my goodness, family, isn't, isn't that just amazing? I just want to maybe ask you if you can in a few moments, just really give me a little bit about what misconceptions people have about this phrase of gender-based violence? That's a great question. First of all, that there's no, the misconception that stranger danger is quite wrong. Very few rapes and abuses take place in an open plot somewhere. Yes, we do have crime in our country. We have robberies, but mostly it is from someone you know. It could be the postman. The I mean, we've got a famous story of a woman going to the post office and getting raped and murdered. And so the, the thing is, it could happen anywhere at any time. And it could happen in the home. And because the person that you meet, and it can happen a woman on a man. It's, it's not only men, which is why I'm very much against all men are trash and things like that because that's generalization. So I think we have to remember that uh, it could happen anywhere and it could happen an, a grandpa on a grandchild, a grandmother on a grandson. It can happen anywhere at any time. It is absolutely alarming because it really challenges every one of our norms. Thank you for that because I think, you know, just drawing this balance between, you know, who can I trust, I think is, is the other 
extreme maybe you know because on the one hand you 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 have men that are really shining really the, the love of Jesus and and are there to to really stand as examples of ambassadors of Christ and then you have those that you don't and I think that sometimes that's the problem is that maybe we trust the wrong people and and maybe that's where it becomes a little bit difficult for for any person really well, I think one of the difficulties for me was I chose two bad husbands, and that was where part of growing yourself, you have to know, they treated me badly, they both cheated on me, but I chose badly. Somewhere you have to take a responsibility of your poor actions. I married my childhood sweetheart. He cheated on me. When I was 30, I married somebody else, and, and he cheated on me, so I was choosing badly. So I've reflected a lot on that, and I've asked myself a lot is whether we as parents, are we training our children properly? Are the fathers playing the right role in the relationship? So I, I read up quite a lot on that, and I found that the Christian teaching, and I agree with it, is that the first date that a young girl goes on should be with her dad. The first flowers that he ever get, she ever gets should be from her dad because he expects nothing in return because our culture is such you go on a date and he expects a kiss or whatever. And so it's, it's a part of conditioning our children to expect less. I lived in a house where my parents fought all the time. My father screamed on an ongoing basis. So when I married a man who did that, quite honestly, it was just from one fire to the next. So if you bring your child up in a house that is dysfunctional, they are going to choose dysfunctional partners. And so we play a vital role in our children's choices. I'm so glad you said that because really this is where I was starting off for us saying, you know, our framework, that frame of reference rather that we go back to. What is it that makes us like people and dislike people? It comes from the way that we've been brought up. So really as parents, we've got a huge task ahead of us. We really do. And I just want to ask you right now, if you, if you have been a victim of gender-based violence, I know that there's that horrible shame and that it's so much easier just to keep quiet and as Mara said you know when she was in in a situation how hard it was to speak about it not not only because of what she felt but also because of the reaction that people were giving her when she did try and speak and I want to tell you right now that we want to listen we want to help you we really really do so so really you need to be in contact with us and and i want you to know this that god is on your side and god loves you and he is not the one that that made this thing happen and i want to read to you really what it says in romans 12 and verse 19 it says do not take revenge my dear friends but leave room for god's wrath for it is written it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. So I want you to know that God is looking out for you. He wants to help you. So family, really, I'm going to ask you just to keep sending your, pressure, your, your questions to We really want to be here for you. I want to take this even a step further. What we have decided to do, and, and I'm, Mara, we're so grateful to you for this, is we have what we call freedom groups in, in our church. And the reason for the freedom groups is so that we can have people meeting together and really making a difference and walking really that road to get people back on track and to help them to really, really find freedom. So 
we are going to be partnering actually yes. with the Tears Foundation, which we're very excited about. So we want to kind of be that go-between when you, you maybe feel, gee, you know, I, I can't really get through to Tears right now, or I don't really want to go there. I'd rather speak to somebody, my pastor or somebody in the church. We can do that, and if we can't help you, then what we're going to do is we're going to work with Tears Foundation in order to make sure that every single person that has been involved or been a victim of this terrible thing, that we will be able to help you to really find freedom again. That is our promise to you, precious family. We want you to know that God loves you, and we love you, and we really want to be here for you. Here's what I want to ask you right now. If you just bow your head for a moment, just close your eyes. I want you to listen to me very carefully because the first step to freedom is really to receive Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. We said earlier on that really freedom is found because God is for you. So I want you to know that Jesus died for you. He loved you so, so much. He was prepared to give everything to buy your freedom. He is not the bad guy, okay? God is good, the devil is bad. That's the way it is. So I want you right now, you may be sitting there and saying, you know, God, God can never love me, that what I've done it's just he, he, can never, he can never want me. You may think God will never want to take me in. I want you to know that right now, Jesus is knocking at your heart's door. All you have to do is you have to open it. He wants to be with you. And if you have never received Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior, it is so easy. I'm going to pray with you in just a moment. So just, just allow the Holy Spirit just to work in your heart. You may feel right now that it feels like your, your heart is wanting to jump right out of your chest. I want you to know, my friend, that that's God We've working. We've been there. <laughs> yes, that's God working in you. And maybe, maybe you're sitting here tonight and you say, you know what, I made a decision like that, but things went wrong. As we heard in Mara's life, things went wrong and I ran away from God. Friend, I want you to know that God wants you to come back. We're going to say this prayer and I want to ask you once again, just, just be a part of it. Just be a part of it. Maybe you even sitting there tonight and say, you know, I've heard of people saying that they're so sure that they're going to go to heaven one day. I don't even know if that's going to happen. I can assure you that once you've said this prayer, every part of your being is going to witness this know that you'll spend eternity in heaven. So let's just bow our heads right now and let's just pray. Let's just say this. Just say this right there where you are. Just say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I open the door of my heart. Open the door of my heart. And I invite you to come in. And I invite you to come in. I now know. I now know. That you died for my sins. That you died for my sins. That you set me free. That you set me free. That you went to heaven. That you went to heaven. That you are sitting. That you are sitting on the right on the hand, right of, the hand Father, of the Father. That you are praying for me every day. Right now, I make you the Lord, I make you the Lord of, of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for the price that you paid. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to welcome you into the family of God. All angels clap. That's right. The whole of heaven is rejoicing because of the decision that you have made. Heaven has been waiting for you to make that decision. And friend, if that's been you, 
welcome as a brother and sister. You are now in Christ. All of eternity, we are going to be worshiping God together in heaven. Now, if that's you, I want to ask you just to do one thing for me. If you can just text to 4991 the word SAVED so that we can connect with you because we want to walk this journey with you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.